Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, and then verses 22 through 31. Let us listen to God's word. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud, To you, O people, I call out, I raise my voice to all mankind. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago, at the very beginning, when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth. I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Wisdom is quite the fighter. Nothing very docile or quiet about wisdom. Wisdom is loud. Wisdom shouts. Wisdom stands at the highest point and raises her voice. But what I also know, after a week at General Assembly, our annual church meeting, is that wisdom is certainly not the only loud voice. Wisdom isn't the only voice that shouts or raises her voice. Wisdom isn't even the loudest voice in the room. In fact, wisdom is often shut down, quieted, and stifled. There are times when wisdom isn't even given the room to speak because wisdom can discomfort Wisdom can tell us we're wrong. Wisdom can tell us we're focused on the wrong thing, worked up about the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing. So instead of listening, instead of finding the humility to listen, we shout back. Have we become so loud that we have shut out the voice of wisdom? Have we lost our ability to listen to God speak? Have we become so consumed by our own agendas that we have failed to listen to the voice of wisdom? And how do we know which is the voice of wisdom? How can we tell the difference between wisdom and not wisdom? You see, I think this question matters. I think it matters because the world is full of voices, voices speaking with total confidence. You don't have to go any further than Facebook to learn that. How do we know when it's wisdom speaking and when it's just a voice saying what we want to hear? 
It's not just a matter of looking around and finding the oldest person we can find, although wisdom often comes with age. It's not finding something so boring and difficult to understand that it must be smart. It's not the newest thing or the trendiest thing or the oldest thing. It's not a blind date where wisdom arrives wearing a white flower on its lapel to be easily recognized. So how do we recognize wisdom? I think partly we need to always expect it. We need to expect it to surprise us, to be a little uncomfortable. Wisdom discomforts. Wisdom may even shout. But to really hear wisdom, we have to spend the time to get to know her. In Proverbs 31, it says, Wisdom delights in mankind. Apparently, wisdom finds us interesting. She likes us, even wants to be around us. Wisdom reveals the God-given beauty and complexity in our world. A couple months ago, I was talking to some of the youth on a Sunday night before programming started. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. And I asked a couple of them, what did you do today? To which they replied, we went riding. I was lost. My face indicated the fact that I literally had no idea what they were talking about. I didn't even have a frame of reference to understand what they were saying. Riding. Riding what? A bike? A horse? A spaceship? It could be a whole multitude of different things. And then I got the response, no, riding a gator. I'm sorry, that's not exactly how it went. It went, riding a gator. Really? Like, unless you know that a gator is a utility vehicle, which I have no idea, that sentence makes absolutely no sense. Riding a gator. In my head, that's an alligator, like almost a crocodile, but a little bit different. The image to me includes a giant gator with a bright red saddle waddling around on the ground with youth sitting on its back, obviously wearing cowboy hats. So at this point, some other youth start huddling around because I'm lost as a goose, and they try to figure out why I don't understand this concept. I keep probing and asking and saying, so you go riding for fun on a gator, which is like a go-kart, but not really, and you're headed nowhere, nowhere in particular, just riding for the sake of riding. So then I ask, did you at least put on some music? Well, no. No, we didn't. This does not sound fun. This does not sound fun to me. Why would you aimlessly go riding around outside on a vehicle where you can't even control the air conditioning, headed nowhere in particular? Drive through the mud, not listen to music, no destination in mind. I don't get the appeal. You're welcome to convince me on some other day, but I do not get the appeal. It doesn't sound fun. So this group of youngsters is now standing around me trying to convince me that it really is fun. Needing moral support, I call over my husband. Brian, I say, have you ever been riding? Been what? What does that even mean? 
See, I'm not the only one who has never heard of such a thing. My wonderful city sleeker husband ain't got a clue either. So one youth again explains what he means, tries to sell Brian on just how fun it really is, begins to explain that it's not so much about getting anywhere or doing anything. It's just about delighting in the person that's with you. Delighting in the nature around you, just delighting. And in that moment, I stood rebuked. Wisdom delights in creation. Wisdom delights in mankind. I imagine she's looking for excuses just to be around us, just to hang out with us. Wisdom is not afraid to go riding. She's not afraid of the mud or just the wasting of time. Invite wisdom to hop in the car and drive to nowhere and drive through the mud and just be together for the sake of being together to delight. Imagine if we did. Imagine if wisdom were invited into our lives. Imagine if wisdom were not drowned out by all the other voices because we actually took the time to listen, to go riding with wisdom. Nowhere in particular. Imagine if we gave God time and space to speak. This week at General Assembly, our denomination voted to begin unification with the CPCA. Back when churches were mandatorily segregated, the CPC was split into the CPC and the CPCA, the Cumberland Presbyterian Church in America. But we have the same constitution. We have the same confession of faith. We meet for General Assembly every year in the same place at the same time. So we voted this year to begin the process of unification to see if we can bring our two systems together and be one denomination. A representative from the Unification Task Force stood up. They've been meeting together for the last seven years. And this man stood up and he said, on the task force, we've become to like each other, the CPC and the CPCA, to trust each other, to rely on each other, to enjoy each other. But that didn't happen quickly. It didn't come in the first year or even the second See, what they've done over the last seven years is they went riding together. I don't think literally, although I do love the image of these proper men in their suits out on a back trail riding a gator, but they wasted time together and in doing so became wise. They understood each other and through that wasted time, that trust, that delight, they found in one another, they have offered us a plan to try and unify because the delight, the humility to listen, it brings wisdom. Wisdom, you invite it with time, with effort, with delight. We invite it in. For the last seven months, I have watched my husband learn Spanish. His conjugations are hardly ever correct. He always jumps into a conversation with full confidence that he knows exactly how to say something. 
And he's gotten questions over the last seven months from outsiders asking how he knows so much Spanish. To which he always responds, adopt a child from a Spanish-speaking country and you'll learn it in no time. Which is partially true. Partly, he's learned Spanish because he adopted a Colombian daughter. But the other part of that equation is the fact that Brian has spent the last seven months listening. Listening to his daughter. Asking questions and listening again. He delights in his daughter. He delights in her full-body laughter. He delights in her constant desire to play. He delights in her really bad comebacks. He delights when she is so fearless that she'll go flying down a hill on her bike. For seven months, he has learned to be a father for seven months. He has listened to his daughter for seven months. He has delighted in this child. And over those seven months, he has grown in wisdom. Wisdom as a father, wisdom as a husband, wisdom as a pastor. He has grown in wisdom because he had this delight. And delight, it leads us deeper, delighting in each other, so we waste time together, riding, talking, drinking coffee, delighting in nature, so we waste time listening to birds start staring at the trees. Delight in God so that we will listen. We listen, we study, we follow, we serve with no other point except delighting in God, the Creator. Maybe if we delight in God, truly delight in God, go riding with God for no other reason than just to go riding, maybe if we spend the time to slow down and listen, perhaps then we will find the wisdom we so desperately desire. So how can we hear the voice of wisdom? How can we tell the voice of wisdom over all the others? We invite her in. We invite wisdom into our lives to delight in our lives so we can learn her voice. I want wisdom. I want wisdom to be a better pastor and a better mother and a better wife. I want wisdom. So I suppose I'll be spending a bit of my time writing, listening, inviting wisdom to delight in my life that I might learn to hear her voice and trust it. Let us pray. Lord, we ask for your wisdom. Lord God, we ask to know more about you, to seek out your heart. That as we come up to situations in our own lives or in the church or in the community where we need discernment, Lord, that we can very clearly hear your voice. Give us the ears to hear you. Give us the time and the joy and the excitement simply to spend time in your presence. Call us back to you again that we might sit with you and delight in all of the good things you continue to bless all of us with. And Lord, as we delight in you, would you open our hearts and our minds to your wisdom. In your name we pray.
Amen.